Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 39. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I'm here with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter. Hi, Rob. Good to have you in here again. Always good to be here. Stuck in here in the loony bin with me <laughs> to talk about the latest securities, security goings on, security snafus, <laughs> catastrophes. Yeah. So this week we are going to talk about... I guess we're almost at 40 episodes. This has sort of been a frequent theme for us on the show, the show Risk and Repeat, about the repeated mistakes and risks that enterprises and government organizations uh, expose themselves and open themselves up to and, and how easy they make it on hackers, overlooking the little things, not doing the small things, the basic things. Well. The federal government has been, a, I guess, a frequent target for us. They've been a frequent target for hackers, let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. Fre- frequent target of criticism, I guess, for us. We've talked a lot about, you know, whether it's the federal government proper with things like OPM uh, and the FDIC cover-up scandal and things like the election campaign hacks, DNC, etc. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can, the government's a, a big target, but you got to remember that they have, they're constrained by budget. They're constrained by having difficulty hiring people because, uh, um, you know, the ind- industry pays so much more yeah. than the government can pay. They've also got, you know, there's security issues they have to go through. There's, there's all those things, not to mention the, the, the politicians always cutting back on, you know, waste, yep. which is anything that they don't understand. And and legacy systems. I mean, oh. you know, Matthew Broderick, 1983, War Games. Yes. It's, it's like some of those systems are still in place. That's terrifying. I mean, we don't know. We don't work in the government. We don't know what the situation is. Like, we don't know how far those legacy systems extend and what they're still being used for and if it's if it's real critical functions or not. And I guess that kind of plays into the, the today's topic. And one other thing that, yes. that we don't see in industry necessarily is that the government has transparent or transparency issues. They've yes. got to they've got to make reports. When something happens and there's a Senate investigation into it, there's a report that comes out afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so there's a lot of these reports. There's a lot of these things that are mandated by law. So like yeah. instead of doing security, sometimes they're just writing reports, I imagine. Right. So with and if all you, that. If you step, if you run afoul of things, you get slammed like the FDIC did. True. So. True. And if you don't do things right, you get slammed like OPM did. Yeah. And who who knows what else has been going on? So sure, sure. so anyway, I just you know like I don't I don't want to feel you want to defend I, the government. I, I want to defend the people who are doing who are trying to do the job that they're hired for. True, and that have a lot of obstacles that are put in their place, and that you know they're just doing everybody's just doing their job. Like True. I don't I don't want to get on anybody's case for doing for trying to do their job. Oh, yeah, of course, but. Somebody should be held accountable. Yes. And, and On that, we agree. Yeah, we totally agree. Well, and it'll be interesting to see, to see what comes of, of our lead story on the podcast. Uh, I guess I should set the stage. 
Not long ago, the Department of Defense uh, issued, I believe, not one but two bug bounty programs. I think one was Hack the Army, and a new one was Hack the Pentagon, uh, that they teamed up with Hacker One to coordinate. And I believe the Hack the Pentagon bug bounty was for sort of internet-facing uh, uh, websites and applications and uh, uh, anything on like the, you know, ar an army recruiting website or some of the other uh, uh, public sites that that the Pentagon uses. And I, I, I take from from the, the news that both we did and other outlets did around the Hack the Pentagon uh, campaign that it was successful and they found some some pretty uh, interesting, pretty serious vulnerabilities that they uh, addressed and that some bug hunters got well paid for. I mean, I, they weren't showering these guys with money. I mean, I kind of looked at the bug bounty payments on this and they're like, they're good, you know, but they're not. It's not Apple Zero, uh, iPhone Zero Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like. Although Apple doesn't pay much for its, o overall does not pay a whole lot for its uh, uh, bug, bug bounties either. Um, particular ones, specific ones they do pay a bit more. But so that said, there was a, uh, uh, a member, a security researcher at Phobos Group, a, a cybersecurity uh, consulting and uh, uh, services firm that recently said that, oh, by the way, I issued this, uh, I reported this bug to the Pentagon as part of the hack the Pentagon. It's out of scope. I, I notified them. It's very serious. They haven't gotten back to me. And he went public with it. He talked to ZDNet, talked to Zach Whitaker at ZDNet, and explained that that there were misconfigured servers that were open to attack, and that the Pentagon sort of still has not done anything about it. Um, and this has gone on for for quite some time. And we we had our own sort of follow up to that uh, that story as well. You know, kind of looking at the issue of of what's going on. And we should note. The details on this are very light. Uh, the individual at Phobos Group, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Dan Tentler, he's founder of uh, Phobos Group. He, I think, probably purposely did not divulge a lot of the specifics around what these misconfigured, like how these servers were misconfigured, what the vulnerabilities were, why they were out of scope, why. Uh, you know what they're being used for you know is it just is it just a simple you know throwaway server or legacy system that's not really important or is it something more serious probably by design like i said he did not divulge those details about the specifics because you don't want to report this stuff and then have every hacker going out and trying to you know russia china north korea trying to get into the pentagon servers I, I think that's already going on. I think it's already going on but, too, and I think but if you, you yeah if you yeah. if you expose the if you expose actual vulnerabilities that you're being told are not in scope for the bug bounty program, then that's that's got to be a problem. Yeah, and and the and that's that's one of the problems with bug bounty programs is that they set a scope. Yeah, and we. We had a great conversation with That's uh, right. Todd Beardsley and Rebecca Brown from Rapid Seven a while back. Yes, and uh, one of you the, had a great conversation. I, it was I just listened to it later on and cut it up for the podcast. Yeah, no, it was but it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun, very informative, and 
entertaining. But one of the things that they, one of the points that Todd made was that um, you can't say, well, it's out of scope because the attackers don't have, don't, don't pay attention yeah. to that scope thing. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, if it's a, if it can be a social engineered or if the configuration is bad, they're looking at everything. We, you know, the bug bounty should be looking at everything, and, yeah. and the company should be looking at everything, not just what's within scope for their uh, certifications or their compliance requirements. Right, and and I remember when that when the hack the Pentagon campaign was announced, I, I have to go back and look, but I, I do remember there being some chatter about how, hey, this is great, but you you know you're going to have more stuff coming at you, and you know out of scope doesn't mean anything. And you know my opinion on these things. If one person found a misconfigured server, like there, there are small flaws, there are small sort of obscure vulnerabilities that, yeah, maybe just one person found because they were looking for a very specific thing in a very specific type of software or protocol or application or, or server or something, and they just stumbled across it. But when you open the Pentagon up and you say, hack the Pentagon, and you have a lot of bug, uh, bug hunters and hackers looking at this, white hat, black hat, gray hat, I don't care, looking at this. It's, it's probable that more than one person, so someone besides Tentler also noticed that something was amiss with these servers. If you have that many people looking at this stuff and you have that much attention around the Pentagon, it's probable i don't know if it's likely i don't know if it's if you can the chances are pretty good that someone else has discovered that an issue exists with these servers it's i'm like, not saying it's definite i'm just saying it's 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 certainly i mean it's it's within the realm of possibility and the the higher the stakes the more likely it is that people right. are looking for it yeah so and this isn't to disparage you know tentler or or phobos or, or their abilities but again, you have that much attention being directed at the Pentagon. It's someone, someone else could know and, and maybe maybe does know what this is. And you just hope that they didn't divulge it to someone that they shouldn't have. Uh, but I, I mean, I bring this up, Peter, because you know, we started this conversation out by saying the federal government has been a frequent target here, we've discussed a lot of, of bad security practices and slip-ups and errors and just, and just jaw-droppingly bad policy and, and decisions. And I just, you would think that, you know, if the Pentagon is gonna, gonna go and say, we're gonna have a bug bounty, um, we want it on these systems, obviously, but hey, you know, maybe we should step back and look at before we do this. Step back and look and just make sure that there's nothing obvious out there. And maybe this, maybe these misconfigured servers aren't obvious. But it just it troubles me to think that after everything that we went through in 2016 and prior to that as well, and everything that we know about OPM and the FDIC and other government hacks, uh, you know, other government agencies and departments being hacked, and nation state hackers and every and all, all the stuff that these hacks can do the damage that they can do and and the climate out there around people saying flat out flat out that we are losing the cybersecurity war because of things like this i would just think that 
I, I'm troubled that this sort of thing emerged, uh, emerged, and that, you know, that that we have potentially sensitive servers at the Pentagon exposed. It's troubling. It is, but it's not necessarily unexpected or surprising. Yes. Um, I'm reminded of Sturgeon's Law, which is that 90% of everything is crud or crap or some other term. I like that. And Does that include this podcast, though? I feel like it shouldn't. Well, <laughs> if you accept that this podcast is part of everything, yeah. Then it definitely qualifies, and I'm and and I think that's a that's is a more reassuring thing than it sounds like at first because it means that ten percent of everything is great. Oh, and and everybody who makes something or does something is aspiring not to be in the ninety percent of crud, but in the ten percent of great. So I abide by that, and and it's all relative because as you know. A hundred years ago, cyber was like yeah. ugh, cyber. Yeah. You know, the cyber, the cyber, crypto, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we're talking like trans, trans, uh, the uh, Julian transposition cipher. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, you know, something more complex like sure, like SHA one. But yeah, a hundred years ago, cyber was the cyber was 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 pretty crap generally so yeah. even the even the top 10 percent was not so great so uh, you know as the as things move along in time uh, along the time axis the things get better you know 90 the the, the crap part is going to be less crappy than it was 100 years ago and the top 10 percent stuff is going to be really great so it's you know it, that's just that's just human you know how humans work we're, we're not perfect so so anyway, that's I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. Because the fact is, you know, we've heard about OPM and we've heard about uh, some of those other. Uh, did Did you say FCC? FDIC. F FDIC, right? Yeah. The F right, the FDIC thing, which was not good. No. Um, it was actually probably as bad as it gets. Right. To use a Davis Ormondy. Uh, You're right. <laughs> Google Project Zero, yes, Tavis and yes, Armandy yeah. Security Research. T.O. Yeah. Uh, but so the good news is, well, we haven't heard from all these other agencies and true. divisions and departments that haven't been hacked. True, that, true. As far as we know. But I guess, like, 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 would we? Like, we didn't know about the FDIC. And we didn't until, know. Until the general inspector's uh, uh, office launched an investigation, you know, th and there were whistleblowers in that. Uh, and and I'm not convinced, you know, knowing what we know about OPM, you know, that report was pretty interesting because because the the federal government didn't even know that they had been breached in that case. You know, a third party reported it to DHS, and I think DHS reported it to OPM, if I have that correct. Uh, and then they said, we'll, well, we'll let the hackers sit on the system for a while and observe them. Uh, <laughs> like to take that decision back. But, I mean, yeah. like we don't, like, so we don't know... If this, if these vulnerabilities are being exploited, if these servers are being accessed, we don't know. But I, I guess that's my my larger point. Like, given the current situation that we find ourselves in in 2017, don't you feel like, like we always tell enterprises, assume you're breached, but it doesn't feel like that mentality is translated to the government. The government seems to 
not be there yet. Well, and, yeah. And that's troubling to me. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, so like, what do you think to get to, to, to go up that, that sort of, that hill, as you were saying with the, the 10%. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, like, for example, Trump had, President Trump had, uh, had drafted an executive order around cybersecurity and we're still waiting for it. I guess it's gone through some revisions. He said it was going to come out on Tuesday. It didn't come out on, on Tuesday. It didn't come out on Wednesday. We're, we're still kind of in a holding pattern waiting for it. But one of the drafts that was was released, it might have been the only draft. But, it, I mean, it had specifically sort of highlighted that there needs to be an exhaustive kind of vulnerability review across the entire federal government. And a lot of people have said this isn't feasible because – how do you do that? The federal government is so big, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like, listen, I'm not making a judgment on President Trump here, but I think coming out of the gate and with an executive order that says, we're going to take this seriously, we're going to look at cybersecurity, we're going to take a hard look, we're going to, you know, is it ambitious? Is it unlikely? Sure, but I don't know. Do you, I feel like we kind of need that right now i don't know how what do you think well you know it's easy to it's easy to to write to, to sign an executive order that demands that things be done but, sure a- absolutely but you can't make things happen without parting with a little bit of the green yep and that's going to be harder because it it's very as you say you united states government is huge <laughs> sorry <laughs> Did you say huge? I I said huge. And, and then but I'm sorry that you're going to cut that out, right? Oh, cut this part out. Yeah, please. The federal government is enormous. There's a there's a lot of computers there. They've they've been in business for over 200 years too. Mm. So you've got a lot of legacy systems, and you've got a lot of people, and you've got a lot of procedures and, and rules and guidelines and frameworks and reports and all this stuff happens when the Congress says we're going to give you some money that you can use to, to do all these great things. Right. You know, you, you can say we're going, to, we're going to put a man on the moon in 10 years, but if Congress doesn't say we're going to fund NASA, it won't matter, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, but yeah. don't you feel like, like that has changed, though? Like, do you really think that there would be pushback right now? I mean, if this is what I'm... I guess the sort of the larger point to this, like I feel like cybersecurity now, the way it's sort of been positioned with, with all this talk about Russia and the potential election hacks and the DNC hack, and obviously what we're dealing with already with with China and and North Korea in recent years as well, that it's kind of taken on that national defense tone, like it, it's part of defense, and we spend a lot of money on defense, and it's. I would argue that it's very easy in this day and age to sort of go to not only politicians but to the people as well and say we need to spend X amount on on defense. Um, so there should be money there, right, to to, to to patch the holes and shore up the systems. Yeah, and nope. and at the same time, the you know, if I am remembering correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I th- I thought there was an executive order 
relating to hiring freezes and, and spending yeah, freezes. that's a great with, point. With exceptions for with defense. Exceptions. With exceptions, the, yep. the Pentagon is not bound by that. Yep. So, um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily going to argue that we should be spending more, you know, put, shoveling more dollars towards the Pentagon necessarily. I think that we should be defending our systems and we should spend the money on that. But yeah. I, I, yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. And, and <laughs> yeah, that's probably the <laughs> understatement of the, of the very early, very young year, 2017 year. But yeah, to your yeah. point, like we don't know right now where sort of the overall cybersecurity command, like what direction that's going to go. There's been talk about how DHS is going to play sort of a lesser role with that, and it's going to be moved to, you know, the Pentagon, Department of Defense, an another agency that 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 sort of the higher ups within DOD maybe sort of taking that over. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I mean, it, if you take a step back and look at you know, look at the federal government right now. It's, it's almost like you're you're looking at an enterprise. Like they had a CISO, now they don't have a CISO. Now, okay, who's in charge? What do we do? Who gets? You know, is it the CIO? Is it the senior VP of security? Who? Is it somebody else? Do we bring in a new person? It's everything seems to be in flux right now, and that that also worries me because when you have a situation at the Pentagon that we don't know if it's serious. We don't, on the surface, it seems serious. It seems bad to me. You mean the, 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 the servers? The, the servers, yeah. That, that, uh, that, but we don't know the specifics yet, and I, I hope to learn more uh, as if these things get patched and uh, uh, Phobos can, can sort of divulge the, the details about what it found, because I'd, I'd be fascinated to read it. Uh, but yeah. It, it's, it seems on the surface, it seems serious. And, it, and there's got to be more stuff like that. We know that there's more stuff like that. We don't know the specifics, but we know not just in Department of Defense, but really everywhere. Uh, and even, Peter, even with individuals within the government, we have some security issues. You could say that. <laughs> But I do think it's, it, and it may seem, seem trivial. I, 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 I don't, I disagree on both of those. You, okay. I, I like this, Peter. I, because the, should we set the stage first? Yeah, you, you so, so set it up. He, Trump has received some flack recently for using uh, not only a sort of an outdated, uh, older and, and presumably outdated Android phone. Ugh. Uh, he's also he was also the POTUS uh, Twitter account was tied to his Gmail address, and he didn't have two-factor authentication enabled at the time. He has since the email address has been changed to a White House address, and I think they I'd have to go back and double check this, but I I'm pretty sure um, two-factor authentication on Twitter has been enabled for him, and I, and they have other stuff around that. Just to be sure, so okay, the the, the White House. I mean, the White House security. Okay. So go all ahead. right, all right. Unleash. So, you disagree? Not trivial. I I don't think this is trivial at all. I mean, we we've. Uh, I like this. Back at the office, you know, in the real world. in the real world, outside we, of Chernobyl, some of uh, some of our colleagues have been passing around links to things like uh, a short YouTube video that describes how to 
hack. Oh yeah, an Android, uh, a Samsung. Uh, I'm sorry, Galaxy Galaxy three, three? Or, four. or four. I don't remember. It's uh, let me look it up. The reports that I've seen have said that it's either a Galaxy three, in which case he's running on. It, it can't be updated to a secure version of Android or a Galaxy four, which it's probably not updatable to a secure one. Um, at least it at least the battery won't explode. But uh, as, as with the Samsung Galaxy 7, was it with the battery? I think that's the newest one, yeah. Okay. Well, but, but yeah, if you're walking around with a device that is not securable uh, and it could be hacked and it could be hacked by people that can turn the, the microphone on, the camera on. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping, track your location. It's probably not a good idea to be able to, to locate the POTUS within 25 feet or whatever sure. whatever GPS allows you to do. That's that's bad. Yep. Um, you don't want to be able to ha have a device that somebody could turn on the microphone from across the globe. Not good. Not good. Um, Twitter insecurity. I mean, you've uh, uh, you 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 pointed out to me. Um, something that happened oh yeah uh, with with an attacker subverting a Twitter account yes uh, the, the the good old Syrian electronic army I totally forgot about this episode I, I don't I can't believe I forgot about it but I, I did the interview with uh, when was it? it was last June in New Orleans at the cloud identity summit with with Frank Abagnale uh, mm. From he, he he's an advisor on uh, with a, a security uh, a company uh, Trusonic that does authentication for financial transactions, and Frank was explaining. Well, don't forget to set up for the listeners who Frank Abagnale is, and just in case they don't know, it's the the guy whose life. Oh yeah, uh, catch me if you can. The, exactly, the con artist. Yes, right. Yeah, uh, and and anyways, uh, uh, Frank was talking about social engineering attacks and. Uh, the, the CEO and founder of uh, TrueSonic was saying, uh, you know, you can do very, you can do really bad things with just sort of a, a, a Twitter account. He's like, remember what happened, you know, with the, with the stock market years ago? And I said, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then he reminded me that the, yeah, the Syrian electronic army had breached uh, the uh, Associated Press Twitter account and had tweeted something about how a bomb had gone off at the White House and that Obama was I, I, I don't remember if they if the tweet said he was presumed dead but um, that a bomb had gone off at the White House and you can look at the sort of the timeline of the the stock market like the the, the Dow I think it, it would the, the final tally was 136 billion dollars were lost from the stock market the US stock markets um, in the span of, of about you know two minutes uh, and it recovered I mean it was it was an unnatural dip a, a huge a dip it was a, a unnatural crash and you know the the volume the the, the activity normalized uh, same day and came back up and everything but I mean, imagine if someone got a hold of Donald Trump's Twitter account and, and was just like, "We've launched ICBMs in Iran, or, or you know, we we've decided to annex uh, Mexico City, or something." 
<laughs> well, or imagine if somebody took his Twitter account and tweeted about companies, you know, oh, good yeah. or bad. Yeah. And yeah. That could have a smaller scale, but obviously, yeah, that it, could that could be very bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's happened. Yeah, it has. It did happen. Yeah, with yeah. the. But anyway, so yeah. so I mean, it, the, some Twitter accounts, if they're vulnerable and there's something really to be gained or, or destroyed through them, then you you probably don't want it to be on the, the, the no. Android handset no. that you give the the, the hand me down that you give to your twelve year old. Yeah. Because. It's a phone, but it's not the state no, of the art. Yeah. You want? Uh, uh, I don't. I'll, I'll say this to you. I I know a big stink was made about the Gmail address. Mm-hmm. I I think Google, they do a very good job. You know, identity and access management, uh, authorization, account protection, and they've gotten pretty good at it. And they're not. They're not. You know, perfect, obviously, but they've gotten pretty good at it. But the, the issue is is that all it takes is for one attacker to do what they did, you know, what the attackers did to John Podesta and come up with a very convincing email that looks like it's from Google that says, someone tried to access your account. Please, you know, go to this link and confirm your password. And the link is bad. It's disguised. It looks like a legit link. You go to a page that looks like a legit page. People fall for this stuff all the time. Smart people fall for this all the time. People we know that work at this company fall for phishing links. We're not gonna say any names. (laughs) Not me, and it's not you. But anyways, so you're just one phishing link away from something like that happening. So it's not the Gmail thing that really upset me, although it's easier to craft a phishing email and, and sort of scheme and website when you know the person's using Gmail, as opposed to a White House account where it may be a little bit more difficult to do that. But the fact that they didn't have two FA, like he, he's got to have two factor. Come on, Donald, come on, two FA, two factor, and not the SMS kind either, because no, that's no, bad. You can, because if you're using an Android phone that's compromised, then someone can intercept the code, and then you're really in trouble. Right? Yeah. Get a I get a get a hardware key. Somebody buy him a new phone. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, I'll just say, yeah, I'll just say. It's sort of re- re- rehash my gripe. It's 2017. 2016 was a bad look for security, for government, uh, across a number of areas and for a number of reasons. Let's try to get it together. Let's try. Come on. It's a new year. Let's 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 get on the stick here and and uh, and right the ship and at least start addressing some of these things so we don't make it a little bit harder on the hackers. You know. And so we're not uh, reliving the same, you know, OPM and FDIC and other nightmares. So sorry to bring those up, Peter. That's okay. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, sir? You're, I'm, you're spent. I'm SMH. SMH. <laughs> Shaking my head. Okay. Well, Peter, I appreciate you spending time in Chernobyl with me as usual. Uh, thanks once again. Always good to be here. And thank you to everyone listening to this episode of the Risk and Repeat podcast. I'm Rob Wright, Search Security. We will see you next time.